Hello, and welcome to Breadcrumbs, a podcast brought to you by Trace Labs. Our mission here is to deliver OSINT for everyone. We hear from community leaders, industry experts, and everyday people about the tools, topics, and techniques that will make your OSINT collection better. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breadcrumbs. Today, I am joined by Micah. If you don't know who he is and who he works with, well, it's a good thing you're listening to this podcast. Micah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks very much for having me on, Tom. Good deal. Good deal. Um, you are very active in the OSINT community. So I, 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 I joked that people should already know who you are, but that's not really a joke. Um, there are a lot of parts of the community that you're either directly or indirectly involved in. Um, so I think that you're definitely a resource people need to know about. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say. I, I'm a firm believer that, that together we are much stronger than, uh, than us divided and, and, and me being alone. So uh, I try to do the community building wherever I can and, um, have some, have had some success bringing some people together, which is very happy, makes me very happy. Absolutely. Well, the reason I brought you on here, uh, one, you're just a fun person to talk to, so I don't have bad guess. (laughs) Um, but there's, there's a project that you're involved with that directly ties in to the OSINT that we do at Trace Labs. So people OSINT and specifically like trying to find information on missing persons, finding pieces of Intel that are going to aid law enforcement in a missing persons investigation. What I'm talking about is username enumeration. Just for for those who might not be familiar, I'll give my take on it and then I'd, I'd love to hear yours. But most of us reuse names online. I'm human decoded everywhere. So if you were trying to find human decoded and you found, you know, me on Twitter, okay, well, let's go see if I can find him on Facebook find them on GitHub, so on and so forth, or variations of that username. And that's how you can spider out and get a better picture of a person's social media footprint. How would you explain it? Oh, that's, that's perfect. Uh, I explain it the exact same way that, that we as humans, we pick a moniker, we pick a pseudonym, we pick a username that has some meaning to us. And that pseudonym can be decoded as far as, you know, what it means, or it can just be some randomness like, uh, you know, um, fuzzy bunny one, two, three is what I usually say. And then we use that in multiple places so that we don't have to come up with more usernames that mean something to us. And the identification of that username across multiple sites is something that I've been working on for years and uh, was very blessed that uh, I came into contact with Chris Poulter, who who webified the what's my name dot app site and made it a lot more accessible to a lot more people. Very nice. And what I'm about to say might be a bit controversial since I'm also one of the developers of the Trace Labs OSINT VM, but I don't like OSINT tools, generally speaking, for what I do with Trace Labs, with the exception of what's my name. Okay. Um, simply because I feel like what that tool does, one, it's simple, but two, like it directly ties into information that's going to advance what we do at trace labs. Um, 
do you want to talk maybe briefly about the genesis of what's my name? Like, like like when, when did you realize, or how did you realize this needs to be an app? Yeah. So, so uh, thanks for, for, thanks for having me on here again, Tom. Uh, One, so my background is in, is in cybersecurity and I was doing web application penetration testing. And in many cases, what we would do is we would find one person or one user on some site and we would wonder, you know, does that person have accounts on other platforms? And so I would do all of the things that I would do. And and I thought, gosh, you know, this is a repeated process. And whenever there's repeated processes, I look for efficiencies. And so uh, that's when I started um, looking at the things that were out there. And many of your users probably, or many of your listeners probably know about noem.com and namecheck.com and those sites. What I found frustrating about those sites was that, um, one, I couldn't see what they were doing. And two, there were a lot of false positives. We would, I'd get all excited that Fuzzy Bunny 123 or Human Decoded was on this site and that site. I go over there and it says, no user found. And but I couldn't ever rework. I could never reverse engineer and go, okay, well, what were they looking for? And so uh, the What's My Name project evolved out of that frustration that, hey, I can go to these same sites, figure out essentially that Boolean response of, is there something that responds from the server with that that is indicative of an account being there? And is there something that shows that an account's not there? So like, you know, page not found, profile not found. And then I started putting that together into, um, well, I wanted it to be something that was extensible. I knew that I my Python skills were not as incredible as I would like them to be and knew that, you know, this could be bigger than just a single Python script. So I put them in that uh, in a JSON script and said, hey, other people, if if you need to do this, you can use this file and and put your own tool in front of it. Um, and so. I mean, to be, I mean, so, so what, what's my name does is essentially puts a username into a certain place in a URL. And then it does that across over 270 different websites and it looks for positive and negative responses. Um, so just before we go on, I mean, so, so I made the Python script, I made the JSON script, and then, you know, we started incorporating that into recon NG, we started putting that into Spiderfoot. But it still wasn't webified, and I'd always I'd always known that I was missing a huge portion of people that do open source intelligence because many of them don't have Python or Spiderfoot or ReconNG on their systems. And then I I started talking with Chris Poulter, who has an amazing JavaScript skills, and he he did the webification for it. So really thankful to him for really opening this tools access up to a lot of other people. Nice. And I'm also a huge fan of the uh, web app. That is very nice. Very, 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 very responsive. Um, I think it's important to call out that maybe what the tool doesn't do, um, or at least wasn't intended to do. Um, Mm -hmm. you can go, you can go through and search for human decoded and say, Oh, I found human decoded's chess.com account. Well, no, you found a chess.com account whose name was human decoded. Do, do you want to speak to maybe some of not not shortcomings, but like kind of where the app stops or or, or was intended to stop? 
And no, I mean, you're absolutely right. There are shortcomings to the tool. I, if anybody tells you that their tool or their technique is perfect or works for everything or is the only thing you need to use, they're selling you something. Um, because I mean, my the the tool does one thing and it does it pretty well. Um, I will, and what it does is it takes that URL, it puts a user, replaces a certain place, and puts the the u, username that a user has specified in there. So. Uh, it works very well for sites like twitter.com slash, and then you put the username, you know, web breacher or human decoded. Um, it doesn't work well at all for those sites that don't have the username in the URL. So if you go to a site like Fitbit and you want to find somebody's Fitbit or you want to find a Strava uh, exercise account for a person, the usernames are not usernames like web breach or human decoded. The usernames are numbers. And when something is changed from that, us that username into a number, the What's My Name app doesn't work anymore. Not only that, but you know, as you mentioned, I can sign up for a bunch of uh, accounts on sites that are using the human decoded name. And you can sign up for accounts with web breacher. So that positive response doesn't necessarily mean that you have your target. It just means, hey, there's something over there that you need to check out. And I'll go one step further. I like my tool. I like the What's My Name app. I like the Python. I like the JSON. But it's not the only one out there. Back in 2015, when I created this project, it was. It was really the only open source one. But since then, we've had a Russian team make a tool that was so much better than mine. Then they made it paid. Uh, there's an Iranian team that also has released uh, a tool that, that does similar things. And there's several other uh, people that have taken that, that core concept of what What's My Name does and made better tools. And so when I'm doing true username enumeration, using looking for usernames in the URL, I'm using my tool along with some of those other tools because they might be looking at different sites or they might be checking the resulting pages a little differently and it gets me extra data. Lastly, there, there's an inherent weakness in the tool itself in that it's only checking for uh, usernames on sites where the username is in the URL. For those sites that where that username is not there, it misses it. Or if a username has been changed, um, so I'm always coupling the use of that tool, which is really fast and, and very useful with Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo, Yandex searches for the username, things like in URL or, or in site or something like that, and doing those queries there to get other results that wouldn't show up in the tool. Um, and I love the idea of, hey, here's something that I like. Here's a tool that's useful and knowing the pros and knowing the cons so that you can be a better OSINT researcher. Absolutely. And I think it's important, especially for people just getting into OSINT, um, you need to understand what a tool is doing because for the most part, at least in my experience, most OSINT tools, especially people OSINT tools, are just automating a process. Something you could probably do manually. You could go to twitter.com and search for web breacher, but it's obviously much faster to just make an app to do that. Um, but if you don't understand what that tool is doing, you're really selling yourself short and you're going to put yourself at a disadvantage when you try to make that jump from beginner to intermediate. So I was hoping we could maybe either take it back 
or up, whichever direction you want to guide the conversation. But like, let's just talk about usernames. Like what do especially new OSIT investigators need to know about usernames, enumeration, like how they could manually sort of walk down that road? So that, that's a, that's an excellent question. And, and the, the first thing I think of is usernames are, are the keys to other accounts, right? They are those, those things that tie activity on social media or just activity in general. And there's a, a lot of different areas where we see usernames. And because of that, we need to make sure that whatever queries we're running address that. And the what's my name app, don't get me wrong, is absolutely part of that overall process, but it should not be the only thing you do, or maybe even the first thing you do. So what I like to do with it with usernames specifically is I an analyze things like what does it say? If I'm using a, a username of web breacher or dread pirate Roberts, there may be some meaning behind there that I may need to know about, which might guide what sites I use, I, I find it on. Um, but there's also other things associated with that. There's things that can help new people to the end and, and, and new, new people and those that, that have been doing it for a while confirm the identities of their targets on different websites. So having a username of WebBreacher along with the avatar that I usually use on sites, that gives me more confidence that, yes, that's my target. And I believe in many of the Trace Labs events, you all will have things like the uh, images of the missing person probably and some other details that are very important to corroborate with whatever profile you're looking at online. So it is a it is definitely a multi-step process. And then the thing we didn't really talk about is what do you do with the results? Um, what's my name right now? The the what's my name app looks at over 270 sites. And let's say that you have a very common name. I I was just doing a live stream for OSA Curious and I did an example. I just said, let's look for John Doe, literally the username John Doe. And there's a, there's like 161 of them that come up with positive results that there is the username John Doe in the URL of 160 sites. And so I said to the, the live audience, I said, well, what do you do next? You open up 161 Firefox tabs? No. And, and I think that speaks to that overall process, Tom, is that you not only need to know how do I run the tool, but how do I analyze the data that comes back and do so efficiently? And I think the more advanced you get, the more automation comes into play there so that you now know that there's a tool to go ahead and visit those sites instead of you opening up 161 tabs. Um, is that kind of clear? Yeah. Or, no, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's kind of exactly what I was, I guess, trying to get at. Um, I, li I like how you mentioned on knowing what to do with the information. So we can talk all day about usernames, but it's like, okay, now what? And I think that speaks to understanding what you're investigating or who you're investigating. You know, if you get 200 positive responses from what's my name, well, the, the, the more you understand about your investigation, you can probably start crossing some of those off. Um, yeah. you know, but if you're, I'm just going to make this up as I go. If you're researching someone who's believed to be a far right extremist 
and you see they have an account on AR15.com, that's probably going to get bumped to the top of your list as opposed to Etsy or Pinterest. Yeah. Well, and, and that's an excellent point right there is that, that you know, there is a prioritization of the data when we analyze it. Uh, the results of what's my name come back alphabetized because, well, it's easy and, and there's tools to do that. It would be, and, and, and everybody's prioritization will be different depending upon their mission goals. So yes, absolutely looking for, looking through the list of sites that come back and going, okay, that's Pinterest, but I'm looking for this type of person. So maybe finding them on match.com is more important or, or like you said, AR15, whatever. Um, yeah, doing the prioritization before the verification validation. And the verification validation is, is probably the more important step of, is this my target account and my target? Um, what other pieces of data can I validate in this profile or bio or image um, that I find when I visit the site? Absolutely. And that's the point I really try to drive home over at Trace Labs. Um, you know, we have teams going out, collecting information, submitting those to judges that then have to vet that intel. The most important thing in that process is the verification of social media pages or of um, ownership of those assets they're submitting because that's your pivot for every other part of the investigation. So if you're starting with the wrong Facebook page, every pivot off that Facebook is going to be wrong. And you could have this entire identity web sketched out that is in no way correct. Right. Um, or is correct, but it's correct for the wrong target, the wrong person. Yes, yes that, um, that, that was yeah. great, 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 great intel, everybody, but yeah. it was the wrong person. But that's not our John Doe. Yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, it's, it's, that, it's that understanding of how do I verify and validate my, my sources and how do I ver verify and validate the data that's coming in to make sure that when I do make those pivots in this type, I mean, and let's face it, your, your um, Trace Labs CTFs, there's pressure there, right? You're competing for prizes. You have a short amount of time. So people sometimes will take those shortcuts and go, okay, well, the username came back and it's in the same country. It's probably the right person. And they'll go down the path without fully verifying, fully validating. And not only does that waste their time, but I know that Trace Labs takes that, those tips after they're all submitted and they perform additional checks on it before including in the report. And that wastes your time as well. So um, it makes sense to go slow, do the analysis, do the validation, and make sure that you're going in the right direction before you continue on. Although it's really hard to do that when you're under pressure. So. <laughs> yes, there is certainly that that sort of high stakes timed element. Um, yeah. Which I, which I think the majority of real world investigations might not have, at, at least not down to that six hour window. You know, it isn't like it is on television with, you know, Jack Bowers trying to find the nuclear bomb. <laughs> like right. um, most, most inv investigations are a bit more slow and steady because the, I think someone once phrased it as the, the quality of the Intel is much more important than the speed of the Intel. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And people, people ask all the time, you know, what are great places to try out their OSINT skills? And doing capture the flags are great places to try out your skills. 
just recognize that doing a CTF is different than doing a real world investigation. Just like what you were saying, Tom, not only is there different time scales, but what's important in following a process. I'm, I'm betting that if we ask some of your more successful teams that have completed the Trace Lab CTFs and, and scored many points, we would find that either informally or formally, they have processes that they follow. Oh, I got a username here. I do this, I do this, I do that. And they, it might not be written down, but they have that. And I think that's one of the things that's been missing from a lot of the, the beginner resources is show me that path. What is that process that I should follow to do good open source intelligence gathering and analysis? Uh, would you agree or is that, uh, am I off base? No, um, absolutely. And I think we just, you know, fleshed out our, our uh, next project, Micah. The, uh, cool. OSINT, the, the, the OSINT beginner's roadmap. I we completely... might have something like that in the works already. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not allowed to talk about that project, but um, it's been on my mind for a little bit. Yeah. Good. No, um, I 100% agree. Um, like, my, like myself, like I bought, you know, Mike Basil's open source intelligence techniques. I think sixth or seventh edition was when I kind of got started. It's like, okay, here it is. And there's so much good information there, but it's like, oh, how do I fit this all together? Like, well, you know, what's the process? Where do I start? Where do I end? Right. And I think that's where a lot of the beginner resources are right now. So in anything that adds some structure to that or a pipeline um, is going to be a step in the right direction. Yeah, the- so years ago, I recognized this. I think it was in 2018 that I gave a, a talk at the Recon Village at DEF CON. That was back when we were having conferences in person and Vegas was open for the rest of the world to come. But I gave a talk there. And one of my talks was on the, the just the, the enormity of all of these Start Me sites. You know, there are a lot of people that have collected and shared their favorite tools or their favorite websites for performing this type of reconnaissance or that type of OSINT. And I love it. I love how people are categorizing these and sharing these. The problem is, is that we're sharing the resources, but not sharing the, when do I need that? Right? And where does this fit within the stage? It's just, here's a bunch of things that you could do for Facebook. Okay. But how do I string those together? And um, a while ago, I tried to kind of wrangle a bunch of open source intelligence people into helping me create an open source OSINT structure, OSINT process. It was a little bit too challenging, but I think I'm getting some more traction. Um, so stay tuned. But but yeah, it's it's um it's a matter of organization and and there's preparation too. I'll bet you tell people that that you shouldn't just come into the Trace Lab CTF and not know where the list, where your favorite start me is or where your favorite resources are. The time to prep is well before the event. And then you come in and say, okay, well, I know these resources are there and these are my favorites. These are the ones that get me the most data. I'm going to use those first. And that starts to flesh out your process. Absolutely. I like how you mentioned sort of the, the, the more work that you put in up front, the more it's going to pay off long-term. And I think that goes back to understanding that not all 
OSINT is created equal. You know, at Trace Labs, we have a very, very focused type of OSINT, but not like we're in no way representative of all the OSINT. You know, mm-hmm. we are looking at just people OSINT and even then of kind of a subset of people OSINT, you know, the OSINT that's going to, you know, positive, positively affect a law enforcement investigation. Um, I think if, if you're just out there on your own, either learning OSINT or trying to practice OSINT, like really try to codify it down into its most specific form. And that can hopefully inform some of your de- decisions, either planning going forward, tool selection, methodology. Um, but I think understanding your investigation is as important as doing the investigation. Yeah. The, the goals are, are, I mean, that's what starts out the entire process is what am I trying to do? And there are some teams I remember I've done a, I've done one capture the flag as a participant and one as a judge. And I, I know that there are some teams that are just going out there to grab the most points to win the CTF. And then there are some people that are there to help actually find the person or find or or solve whatever it is mystery that that is uh being investigated and and so there's different strategies and my suggestion is you take those resources whether it's start me's or the books like you said that have all of the different sites and all of the different techniques and you treat them as a list of ingredients and to take that all of those ingredients you need to 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 make something and make that recipe of how am I going to use those ingredients to get my end goal of an OSINT meal? And I know that this this analogy is breaking down, but but you get the <laughs> idea that it's getting out of control quick. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I, I'm getting closer to dinner time. I'm I'm thinking about food, but but I mean, you think about it, I mean, all of the sites that are in the books, all the sites that are on the in, that are in the Start Me's are truly amazing and there are so many of those out there the question is with all those ingredients what do you actually make and mapping that path mapping these are my favorite sites for this because they they give me the data rapidly with high confidence and and they give me it in a format i can then digest and use somewhere else and then stringing together just here's what i'll do within the ctf that can be extremely helpful when you get in there and you're in hour number four and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Uh, I've forgotten where I am. What do I, ha- what do I need? And you stay focused on the goals and you stay focused on that process. Very nice. I guess, is there any sort of advice for people getting started in, in OSINT? Because like I am famous in the Trace Lab Slack for just being anti-tool or at least, at least for beginners. Um, like, Hey, you know what tools are good? Well, Firefox, <laughs> yeah. Chrome, I guess. Google. Google. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you could only tell a beginner, like one or two things, what would they be just trying to get started with OSINT? Sure. And you know, I, I, I tackle this, uh, every day, whether it's in the LinkedIn community that I run the discord, the Slack, the Twitters, um, there's constantly people saying, hey, this is exciting. I, I've heard of this Trace Lab CTF. I've heard of this other thing that, you know, Micah, you're doing with those and curious. I'm excited about it, but what tools should I be learning? And the answer is none. Honestly, you shouldn't be starting your adventure, starting in the world of OSINT by learning a tool. 
um, you should be starting with the, the goals, starting with the methodology, starting with understanding the scope of what you're going to be doing. And then once you go from there, my biggest suggestion is learn how to get things out of Google. And then once you master Google, go to Bing, go to Yandex and, and learn the search engines because search engines are absolutely core to what we do. Um, I mean, going back to the username thing, the, the username the username searches that we do within What's My Name originally came from me doing uh, Google dorks like in URL colon the username in URL colon uh, user or profile and just seeing what came back. And I was like, there's got to be more efficient ways to do this. So, but that's the thing is that most of the tools that we have can be boiled down to something that you can search for on Google, something you can do on Bing or Yandex. And if you start to understand, hey, that tool does this, let me try it manually, then yeah, you can eventually use that tool that gives you that efficiency, but you understand how it works. Using the tool and just knowing that it does some magic is not anything that's going to help you out because that tool is gonna break or not be there or give you false positives and you have no idea how to check it. So my biggest, my two biggest things that I suggest to people are one, learn the search engines, learn how to harvest data out of them using their advanced search operators. And then two is join a community because I shouldn't be the only one that people are reaching out to. And you shouldn't be the only one that people are reaching out to when they have additional questions. Because I don't know everything. You don't know everything. But joining a community like the Trace Labs CTA, uh, the Trace Labs Slack, or the search like Discord will put you in contact with a huge number of other people that are very experienced in all the different things. Very nice. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> cool. Although, although I might say that myself later and claim it was mine. So just don't be yeah. don't be shocked when I when I plagiarize you. Okay. I said, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Uh, well, cool, man. Um, that's, I think all of my, honestly, my bullet points I'd sketched out anything else you'd like to add in. The only thing that I can say is, is that, um, within the world of open source intelligence, we're seeing a lot of people that are sharing resources, sharing tools, sharing techniques. And I know that trace labs as most organizations has rules as far as what can and can't be done. And some of the techniques that we see that are being billed as OSINT online are not OSINT. They are more penetration testing. They're more social engineering. And uh, the beginners that are getting into the field, the people that are excited about being here and don't understand, I can do this or I can't do this, really need to be cautious about using tools that they don't know what they do. Uh, because one, it might violate the rules of, of Trace Labs. Two, it might vi violate some laws in some countries. And you don't want to be um, responsible for that. So my biggest suggestion is go to places that you trust for knowledge. And I'll just throw in a plug there for the OSINT Curious website. Um, we have live streams. We have blog posts. We have 10-minute tip videos. And we try to be very responsible in what we share and give you all of the cautious things like you and I've been talking about, Tom, about understanding your tools, understanding the mindset. Where do you draw the ethical and legal lines in your investigation so that people stay 
um, productive and they stay safe in their work. So um, again, osyncurious.com or osyncurio.us. Um, I find it as a great resource. As do I, as <laughs> do I. Cool. So, um, I think if, if I had a final thought, it would just be to echo your um, call for community. Um, if you're just getting started, any community, um, I'm biased or biased, um, yep. but I would, I would encourage people to be selective of who you learn from and who you surround yourself with, because that community is probably going to be reinforcing behaviors and they're going to be discouraging behaviors. If you're in a good community, they're going to be reinforcing good behaviors and discouraging shady or gray behaviors um, in the context of what they do. If you're in a not good community, you're going to find yourself being encouraged to do things that could be either unethical, illegal, um, depending on where you live and what you're doing. So I'd say for, for beginners, you know, be picky or be a part of lots of communities and just get a feel for what's out there. You know, if you only ever hung out in the Trace Lab Slack, cool, but you're missing out on all the other great people that you could be learning from. So it's okay to be a part of different communities. Just make sure they're good communities. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's funny because I, what you just said there is it, it reminds me of, you know, it, the dark web is, is a fine place to go. You just got to know where to go and then don't go to the sites that are bad sites, but which sites are bad sites? Oh, the, the ones that are bad. Uh, don't go to those. Go to the good ones. Well, which are the good ones? The good ones. They're, they're, so, I mean, it's it, one of the biggest problems is, is how do people know what is a good community that's healthy and uplifting and what's one that that's not so helpful? Um, there were a couple of groups that I've joined in the past where I get in there as a more experienced person and I'm seeing what people are sharing. And I know that that's not a, that's not an above board type of technique. That's not an OSIN technique that moves into other areas where I see people, you know, doing shady CTFs like, oh, hey, I've got a challenge for you. Go and do research on this person and that company. And I'm like, well, that's, that's just doing OSINT work or, or doing some of your work. So my biggest suggestion is if you don't know where to go, start with the Trace Lab Slack, start with the Searchlight Discord. And then like Tom was saying, you know, go from there and, and see if one of those places fits, fits you. And if not, there are other places out there that share open source intelligence, uh, community types of information. Find something that fits with where you are and who you are, and then learn from them. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. The most important part of which we all now know Micah. He's the only Micah on the internet, so he should be pretty easy to find. Micah, thank you again for just taking some time out of your day to talk to me and to talk to the community about usernames and kind of what you're up to. Oh, I thank you for the opportunity, Tom, and uh, to reach your your listeners and to uh, to share the OSINT word. Thank you. Very good. Um, if for some reason people can't find you, even though you're the only Micah, where can they find you? So I'm on on Twitter mostly, and I am Web Breacher. Uh, and uh, the other site that I'm I'm usually at, and the other moniker is Osint Curious. Osintcurio.us is the is the website, and Osint Curious on Twitter. 
um, and many other sites as well. And you can use the What's My Name app to find all of the different sites that, that my, our names are on. Best plug ever. Yeah. See, that, <laughs> see how I applied what we've learned? That was good. Well, uh, thank you for joining me. I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks, Tom. This has been another episode of Breadcrumbs. If you'd like to learn more about the organization, you can find us at tracelabs.org. Find us on Twitter, at tracelabs. But if you really want to find us, just follow the breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs.